giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here today with Shelby Kelly. Hey, Shelby. Hi. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here. Uh, so what brings you to town? Um, well, we came into town for a Ruby conference um, called Happiness Conf, but it got canceled, unfortunately. They were about 50 tickets shy, so we've just been exploring the city. Um, we've never been here before, so we've had fun going to Harvard and MIT and just kind of checking out the whole town and coming and seeing ThoughtBot was a highlight of our trip. So. Nice. Yeah, now we're just hanging out. What were you going to talk about at the conference? Oh, I wasn't going to talk, actually. Um, I was going to volunteer. So uh. um, the person who put on the conference needed a stage manager, hmm. is how he phrased it. Mm-hmm. So um, I really like volunteering. And so I volunteered at a couple conferences. So I decided to fly in and help him out. But then there was nothing to help out with. So we just got to explore for a few days. Oh, wow. That's generous of you to just volunteer like that. Well, you know, I like going places I've never been before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah, I decided it'd be a good excuse to come to Boston. Mm-hmm. And you live in Denver, right? Yes. How do you like that? Um, I love it. I have been in Denver my whole life. I lived in London for a short period of time, but Denver has been home, um, and I don't really want to leave. I like it a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I visited Denver for a month uh, earlier this year and like oh, really? really enjoyed it. Was it snowy? Was it February? It was January. Oh, okay. So it was a little bit of snow. Okay, yeah. Uh, January is... A- Interesting time to come to Denver. I'm sure it was really cold. It was not too bad. It was pretty pleasant, actually. There were some warm days in there. Good. Did you go snowboarding? Uh, Yeah, I went skiing a few times. That's good. Mm -hmm. It's a good time to go. Yeah. So uh, what do you do for work? So I am an associate instructor for a coding boot camp called Mm G-School. And so I help the instructor write curriculum, um, answer questions, lecture on the material. We teach Ruby and Rails um, and a little bit of JavaScript. So I answer questions all day long, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How do you like that? I like it. Um, I've never heard my name so many times, I think, in my whole entire life. Yeah. So it's basically just solving the same error 20 times a mm. day um, instead of solving 20 different errors a day, which I think would be super fun. But um, yeah, so it's just answering a lot of questions for the students, kind of helping them out. And I like interacting with people a lot. So it was a good spot for me. Yeah. Yeah. When you find that there's a question that does come up 20 times, do you roll that back into the curriculum somehow? So you don't have to keep answering that? Yes. Um, Our program is actually pretty new. We've been around for only a couple years. So our curriculum is constantly changing. And when we do find that there was that one little piece that was missed and now everyone has that question, um, we definitely make note of it and put it back into the curriculum. And we have classes starting about every six weeks or two months. So it's great for the next class to kind of get that rolled into their curriculum so they can learn it. Or we just stop the class and we're like, hey, guys, so we don't have to say this 15 more times. Here's how you do it. Sure. Yeah. And you actually graduated from G-School yourself, right? I did, yeah. Um, I graduated last November mm-hmm. um, and then was brought on as a TA. So I've been TAing for about six months. But before that, I did six months of the course. So is the TA different than the associate instructor that you are now? Or is that No, um, actually... TA associate instructor. It's the same thing. Our titles got changed two weeks ago. Actually, it's not even called G School anymore. It's called Galvanized Full Stack. Okay. Um, we had a company retreat two weeks ago, and we kind of got all these new terms thrown at us. So I try to use them, and then I fall back into my bad habits. So mm. 
it's called galvanized full stack and i'm an associate instructor gotcha <laughs> yeah so what does what does full stack mean to you or what does full stack in your world i guess sure so kind of exposing us to both the back end and the front end um, i came into it thinking that by the time we walked out of the doors we could build a functioning website and also make it look pretty. Hmm. Um, so we do a lot of, you know, the Ruby and the Rails, but we can also use JavaScript and jQuery to make it do cool things and make it look cool using Bootstrap and CSS and HTML and all that stuff. So I think full stack is just kind of being able to make a fully functioning, pretty looking website all on your own without having to talk to anyone else who's a master at something. So Gotcha. And yeah. so, so you went directly into teaching out of the program, right? I did, yes. I was brought on as an associate instructor mm -hmm. um, before I actually graduated. So I was working on writing the curriculum mm. um, and just brushing up on my skills before starting to teach. Our class started in January. So I had about six weeks of just practicing and, and getting good at what I knew so I could help the students. Mm. Do you have any concern about teaching without having done like the real world professional experience oh absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, my students ask me all the time there's a lot of questions like well when we get a job in the workplace question a b or c and i always tell them i've never been irl in real life mm -hmm. so i don't know but here's my best educated guess um so that's kind of the moment where the associate instructors look to the lead instructors to kind of answer those questions because our lead instructors have been in the professional industry for five to ten years so they gotcha. can answer more of those questions that makes sense yeah do you hope to go pick up some of that experience at some point yes yeah, yeah. absolutely um i really liked TAing right out of school because you know everyone says the best way to learn is to teach mm -hmm. so i have learned a lot I'm by sure. teaching which is really awesome um but i'm very excited for the day where i can go bang my head against a keyboard a little bit and yep. uh yeah instead of answering 20 of the same questions, kind of getting to ask 20 different questions of my own. But so. actually, I mean, now that I'm hearing it, it sounds like actually a really good model for you personally. Like, because you're right that you do, it really helps to solidify things when you have to go teach them. Things that you probably glossed over when you were doing it yourself or you had sort of a limited understanding. You have that A pressure of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to explain this to people. So I got to right. really make sure I really know it. And also just as you run into weird things with their environment or you fail to have them understand something the way you explain it and come at a different angle. Like I feel like that must really help solidify all that stuff that you learned. Oh, absolutely. And when I was in school, I, you know, worked on my own software. We paired a little bit, but it was a lot of building your own stuff so that you could meet the graduation requirements. And what I like about teaching too is answering all those questions, but going around and seeing 26 different projects and kind of getting to get your hands a little dirty in each of their different projects, helping them through the different features that they're trying to add or the different problems they run into. It's really interesting to kind of get that wide range of exposure to different things that people are working on instead of just your own project. Definitely. I mean, the more code you can read, the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself repeating similar advice to different students? Like, is there, are, do you have high level advice that tends to be applicable generally? You know, I pretend that I do. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I do. I do. They always ask me, you know, what kind of jobs should we be looking for? When should we start looking for jobs? Um, and most of my advice just comes from personal experience. Mm -hmm. Asking the associate instructors for advice is really important for them because most of our associate instructors have gone through the program before. Mm -hmm. um, so they can kind of give that insight into, well, when I was in school, you know, we started looking for jobs eight weeks out. Mm -hmm. And we found that that was really important because some people's hiring processes are you know, take a while to complete. So 
we do have those days where we kind of have those Q&As where we just go over those kinds of questions and get the advice because most of the students have the same questions yep. and are all equally terrified of the real world. So we kind of go over it all together. Yeah. Yeah. This model of having recent-ish graduates teach, I think, is, is nice because one of the things I've experienced is that some people are afraid to ask questions to, mm -hmm. from of people they consider like too experienced. So there's like an intimidation factor. Uh, which I think is probably better if it's like, look, I just I graduated, you know, six months ago. Like, don't worry, like I know I know what this is like. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a distance there. Like, mm -hmm. it's been a decade since I've learned Ruby, and right. so like s someone that learned it, you know, not that long ago is probably going to have an easier time like remembering what was confusing and and what kind of things helped make you know the the things click together in their mind. Oh, absolutely. We see that a lot in our class, actually some of the students who may not be grasping the material as quickly or as well as some of the other students feel way more comfortable asking an associate instructor about what they're kind of struggling with. And if the associate instructor happens to not know the answer, it's always easier for them to go to the lead instructor and be like, hey, I just got this question. I don't really know how to solve it, but I was wondering if you could kind of walk me through it so that I can walk them through it. So totally. that happens all the time. And so I think that's definitely why they bring recent grads on to kind of lessen the pressure. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a win-win actually for you and, and them. Yeah. And, you know, the way people explain things who just learned it tends to be a lot simpler than someone who right. has been doing it for 10 years and thinks their explanation is super simple, but it's not quite there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we see that all the time. So does your your day to day consist of like a lot of like help desk kind of things where you're just available for questions on the fly or are you also teaching like established lectures or something like that? Um, well, the way our course is set up, it's six months long. And so the first three months are a lot of lecture. Mm -hmm. um, so the associate instructors and the lead instructors lecture in the mornings and then we assign them activities to do in the afternoons. So we kind of walk around and mill around and answer questions during the first three months. And then the second three months is a lot of time for the students to work at their own pace on their own things. Mm -hmm. And so that's an opportunity where we kind of step back and let them come to us. We find that it's very important for them to struggle for a little while and then realize that point where it's time to ask for help. Um, so we're not walking around as much. We kind of just sit back and let them come to us. And mm -hmm. then sometimes workshops, if there's a concept that isn't grasping and we're kind of running out of weeks for them to get it before they go into the real world, we hold workshops for them to come and really grasp that material before mm -hmm. we move on. I, I think you mentioned uh, graduate requirements earlier. Mm -hmm. Like what do, what do those look like? We have a few graduation requirements um, as of now. Our like I said, our curriculum is ever changing, but it's pretty solid right now. And what the graduation requirements are is a general understanding of Ruby and then an understanding of Rails um, and kind of being able to grasp the difference between those two things, where the line is drawn and then how they work together. We also have a graduation requirement of the projects they have to complete. So they did a project called G Camp, which is basically just a task manager, and they have to implement all these features and have it working to graduate, and then also a personal project. It can be whatever they want, as mm -hmm. simple or as complex. Um, both of those have to be functioning pieces of software, and then also just tardiness, absences, mm. normal school stuff, which never actually used to be a requirement, but we found that it's kind of important to keep that around. So yeah, making sure you're there and you're present and working on your stuff is also a requirement to graduate the course. Hmm. Interesting. Do you teach testing at all? We do. Um, we do a lot of RSpec and a lot of Capybara mm -hmm. and we do some TDD. Mm -hmm. Some students love it. 
some students don't love it so much. Of course. Um, but yeah, we expose them to all of that because I hear in the real world, people do that. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing <laughs> that happens. To, yeah, we try to teach it to them so they're ready for the real world. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you have any like learning techniques that you tend to recommend to people? Like if, if I'm struggling with trying to grasp some sort of thing, do you generally recommend that I go work on it on my own? Do you point me to a book? Do you point me to a lecture? Like, What I start with is just telling them to have repetition. So just to do the exercise over and over and over again. Hmm. And if it's an instance where they can't even get through it, I would point them to a tutorial probably. And tutorials are really great ways to kind of see it being done in front of you and understanding it that way so that you can then go do it. I personally don't learn very well from books. Um, I'm more of a doer. So I like just watching videos of how they do it and then doing it myself. But I think if they can get through it once, but it was really hard and they had points where they struggled, I always tell them to go back and do it again and see if they're struggling at that same point each time. And if Mm -hmm. they are, then they know that that's a concept they need to go watch a YouTube video on or come and ask us about or read a book about if, you know, whatever learning style is best for them. Yeah. I think that that repetition thing is so huge. There's so much you learn by doing something a number of times mm-hmm. that you just can't really get any other other way. Mm-hmm. Like people often ask, I find this pops into my head most frequently around like, how do I model something? Mm-hmm. Someone will say like, oh, I have this situation and these kind of users and this blah, blah, blah. Like, how do I model it? And my response is usually, uh, try something and see how it works. Mm-hmm. And then like get some feedback on that. And then like, you know, you're going to do this so many times throughout your career that like you just got to keep doing it. Absolutely. And so I can give you some tips, but really what you need to develop for yourself is an intuition around what works. And the only way to develop that intuition is by seeing a lot of examples yeah. and doing it yourself. Totally. We have assessments in G school, so, or galvanized full stack. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they come in on Monday morning, they have all day to complete an assessment. Sometimes it takes students three hours. Sometimes it takes them all day. Um, but we really encourage them. It's actually a requirement to not look at any past code. Um, And that can be very daunting to not be able to look at your G camp or, you know, your personal project to see what that controller looks like. So I encourage them to write those things over and over and over again so that when it comes assessment time, it's just easy for them and they don't have to, like, remember where certain things go and stuff like that. That's an interesting requirement on that because, I mean, it's in the real world, I do look at other code pretty frequently. Mm Mm-hmm. And I could see why you wouldn't want people to lean too much on things they've already written, but also mm-hmm. go, does a little go, goes a little counter to the, the idea of like, we're doing this the way that you would in, you know, in the real life. Right. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an interesting way because I do the same thing and our old assessments, we were allowed to, you know, look at old code and stuff like that, past projects. So it's a new requirement. Um, it's working out well, actually. We're finding that a lot more students are comfortable with writing things quicker when they mm. aren't referencing that code because they've taken the time to really understand what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things for the assessment. Hopefully, um, you know, in the real world, whatever that may be like, they'll be able to reference passcode. But, yeah, it's just one of those requirements for the assessments. They can still use Google, obviously, mm-hmm. the Internet and stuff like that. But, yep. yeah. Huh. Well, that's, that's that's cool to hear that it's working well. Mm-hmm. It seems like a positive change. Yeah. No, definitely. The Each cohort is definitely better than the last one. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. Um, I went through last June to last November of 2014, and already Haley's class is completely different than what my class was like. We did Ruby for the first three, three and a half months, didn't even touch Rails, and they were working in Rails on day two. So Wow. 
it's yeah, it's very different. So I'm kind of glad I got to go through twice because I got both um, experiences mm -hmm. and exposures. But yeah, it's ever changing um, and just always getting better. So hmm. what kind of metric do you or like how do you say that a class is better than another class? What do you look at? Um, well, I don't know if better is the right term. <laughs> Sorry, G3. Um, <laughs> but you can just, we did personal projects about eight weeks in. It was week eight or week nine and not personal projects, excuse me. We did group projects and we had five people to a group and they got to build whatever they wanted to. And they had five school days to do it. And on Friday, we invited the entire galvanized community into the classroom, the CEO, the founders, and had them present it. And mm -hmm. what they pulled off in five days as a group just looking at it, not even seeing, you know, what was behind the scenes, just looking at the website was so incredible. Mm. Um, and there were definitely impressive projects from my cohort, which was last year, but their projects just did so many things that I know our class wasn't even exposed to. Mm -hmm. um, so it really just seems like our lead instructor for Colorado who writes all the curriculum, he really knew what to focus on to make these students successful. And I feel like it showed through those personal projects. Nice. Yeah. So it's sort of a qualitative feeling of like the things you're able to produce are, are better. Yeah, um, and maybe not just like how fancy it looks. Our class sure. was not allowed to touch Bootstrap, which I'm forever sad about. Um, and they learned Bootstrap, you know, the first week. So they could make a really cool looking website, mm -hmm. you know, in a day. Um, that was very impressive to people who knew nothing about software. Right. Whereas our class <laughs> fought with CSS for days and weeks and months. So yeah, just seeing what they could do. And even like knowing what behind the scenes looked like, seeing all of the features that they implemented was just super impressive mm. sitting down with them and being like you know what I actually have never seen this before let's work through this together um, some of the stuff that they were trying to do was just incredible so hmm. I want to take a quick second to thank the sponsors of this episode who are DigitalOcean DigitalOcean provides simple and fast cloud hosting built for developers for as little as five dollars per month now we are in fact customers of DigitalOcean uh, we have a git server that lets you push Git repos on Upcase, and we host it on DigitalOcean. Uh, it was easy to set up. It's been very, very solid for us ever since. And I think the, the most important thing about it is that we don't have to think about it. Uh, we never spend any time thinking about that server. It's just up. It just keeps working, which is exactly what you want from a host. It's great as a service because it's built for developers. It's used by 400,000 different developers. Um, they know that what you're going to use these boxes for is development, so they're set up for that. You can install uh, applications uh, with one click through their web interface. Things like Ruby on Rails or WordPress or Node or even crazy things like Django or Docker or Drupal. Uh, they have all these available with just a single click. You can pick the operating system as well when you spin up the box. You can use Ubuntu or CentOS or CentOS or Debian or Fedora. CentOS? CentOS? Nobody knows. That's okay. FreeBSD, uh, pretty much anything you're into, they will throw it on a hard drive for you. And speaking of that, those hard drives are SSDs. They've got tons of RAM. They have tons of CPUs. If you need a big, beefy box for not a lot of money, uh, this is a great choice. They have different regions all over the world. Uh, gigabit speeds, 99.99% uptime, DNS management, auto backup, snapshots, all kinds of stuff, uh, and not hard to set up. So if you're interested in trying that out, head over to digitalocean.com. You can learn more. And if you do sign up, you can use code GIANTROBOTS with a capital G and a capital R when you check out. That'll give you a $10 credit towards your bill, and they will know we sent you, which is awesome. And so thank you to DigitalOcean for supporting this show. So I imagine that most people that start in 
the program are looking to get hired somewhere eventually, right? They want a job as a Rails developer? Yes. So do you track uh, numbers along those lines? Like how successful are we at placing graduates? We do. We do. We actually, um, since I have graduated, have an entire outcomes team. So their Mm. sole responsibility is placing our graduates in jobs around the community Mm -hmm. and, you know, outside of the state as well. So the number right now is we have a 98% placement rate. So 98% of our graduates get placed in junior development jobs, Mm -hmm. which is really awesome. Um, And we are, we're, in Colorado, but we're also in San Francisco and Seattle. Mm. Um, so we have a few different campuses, and graduates get jobs all over the place. We have people in Arizona, California, New York, all over the place. So we do keep track of those numbers, and I've only known one person who dropped out of my class, and that's because she went on to go start her own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a very high dropout rate at all. People who come to galvanize full stack are very sure that that's what they want to do. And so they push through it even when it's tough and mm-hmm. go get that job afterwards. It's interesting that the placement rate is so high because I feel like I've heard similar numbers for other uh, similar programs. And so right now, almost everyone that gets trained as a junior develop- developer is ending up as a working developer. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that can't last forever, right? Like, not everyone that goes and studies, uh, gets a PhD in English, gets to be an English professor or something. Yes. Like, there's like a lot, it's not actually very common, I think, in many fields that like everyone, like a huge percentage of people that get started here end up employed in this field. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, programs like Galvanize Full Stack got started because of this huge demand. Uh, for, I mean, developers of any kind, but, you know, we'll, we'll take the junior ones and train them up, I guess is kind mm-hmm. of the idea. Uh, but it's, It'll be interesting to see if this eventually, like the seesaw kind of swings the other way. I totally agree. I think about that all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, what am I doing? Um, We at Galvanize have created another program. That's why we kind of moved away from the G School name to Galvanize Full Stack because there's also Galvanize Data Science. Mm. um, And so they're training data science people. Um, to do data science-y things. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, and we also have a master's program that lasts for a year. So they're kind of pivoting um, and they're offering a few different things because I, I do think that they see that we're kind of pumping out a lot of people and there may not be as many of those positions open as we're producing right. spots um, to be taken. So also we used to have a job guarantee and we don't do that anymore because one reason is our placement is so high, we don't really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because we're really not sure what the future is going to look like in this industry. So, yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So what was your background before you went to Galvanize? Yeah, um, my background, I went to the University of Colorado and got a degree in business marketing. Um, and while I was a senior, I worked for a startup in Boulder, Colorado. And then when I graduated, I was their first hire. And so I was kind of in the startup world, um, running this company and, uh, was doing everything, the hiring, the marketing, the sales, the coffee runs. And the only thing I couldn't help myself with was the tech side of things. And, you know, being that first person used to solving my own problems, I got really frustrated when I couldn't help the customers who were on the site and it was crashing. I was like, I have no idea. Um, Let me Google it. I don't know. So I wanted to be completely self-sufficient and um, heard about G School, Galvanize Full Stack, and decided that if I went to school and learned all those skills and paired them with all the other skills I already had, I could be unstoppable. And so I wasn't sure that I wanted to be a software developer when I went into the school. 
and then the minute I was there, I decided that I loved it and I never wanted to leave. Nice. Um, I always thought that I might go back to the company that I worked for before. But um, after G School, I was like, nope, this is exactly where I want to be writing software. I'm not doing anything else. And so that was kind of my background. I wasn't one of those child prodigies who's been coding since they were 10 years old um mm -hmm. it was more of just like a i want to be a badass who can do everything for myself <laughs> i think actually that most people in these boot camps are not those crazy like been programming since seven years old it seems like mostly career changers absolutely yeah um it definitely is a place for air quotes normal people who aren't you know exposed to software to come and totally change their career and kind of get a different change of pace our program is actually shifting. We are starting to only accept people who have some exposure or have some background. When I was let into the program, everyone didn't know anything about Ruby. We had yoga instructors and bartenders and accountants and lawyers. Um, and actually now in the cohort I teach for, we have some people who did Java for two years at a college and mm -hmm. one kid who's been programming since he was 13 and mm -hmm. knows <laughs> like 12 different programming languages so um it's definitely shifting a little bit because we're finding that it's easier to produce those juniors that people want right um so yeah but when i came to the boot camp it was no one knew what they were doing and we all kind of struggled together right yeah hmm. so something happened in 2014 at rocky mountain ruby <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's just uh, this video on YouTube of oh this thing gosh. that occurred. Yeah, I accidentally rap in front of people sometimes. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you did a, a little Ruby rap. I did. Was that a lightning talk? It was. We do lightning talks at Galvanize Full Stack, and it's just to get the students comfortable with talking in front of big groups of people. And in class, I was like, I do not need any help talking in front of people. So I'm going to rap instead. <laughs> and so I did it in class and it was a fun thing and everyone kind of liked it. So our whole class went to Rocky Mountain Ruby last September. Nice. And my instructor was like, lightning talk, Shelby, do a rap. And I was like, no way am I going to do that. And then I did it. So <laughs> nice. We, yeah. should, uh, we should cut a little bit of that in if we can, or at least just link it up in the show notes. Yeah. It's fun. I like doing it a lot. I was going to do one for Happiness Conf, but then Happiness Conf didn't exist anymore. So oh, sadness we'll just conf. have to... Sadness, it became Sadness Conf 2015. That's too bad. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to do it next year. I was going to do it at... I went to RubyConf in San Diego last November, and I was going to do it, but then someone mentioned there's like 800 people there, and I was... That was too I many. Just, yeah, too many. <laughs> mm. Rocky Mountain Ruby is a friendly crowd. Absolutely. Yeah, it was small. I lived in Boulder at the time. It was in Boulder. I nice. felt very comfortable amongst my people. So. Yeah, I gave a talk there a few years ago and really enjoyed it. Yeah. I became friendly with Marty out there. Marty is the man. I yeah. love Marty. He's great. He's did hard like not to like. He's just a really likable guy. I know. Guy. He's great. Yeah. Uh, did you like Boulder? Oh, I love Boulder. Yeah, I love Boulder, absolutely. too. If I were going to move to almost anywhere, I think it would probably be like Denver or Boulder. Mm -hmm. Those are like top, top cities for it's me. It's a great place to be. Yeah. So much to do. Yeah, we're actually doing uh, the ThoughtBot Summer Summit this year is out in Colorado. It's oh, really? In Denver. Yep. Oh, so the whole company yeah. will be showing up there. Cool. Come say hi. All of a sudden, yeah, if it gets uh, extra nerdy out there, you'll, you'll know why. It's our, it's awesome. If you see Ralph's walking around. Yeah, so maybe you can uh, you can like wrap us out or something. Rap outro. A, yeah, yeah. That'd Wait, awesome. 
no no not not you like the actual the video oh okay yeah i was All like right. no absolutely not um but i think that's actually a really good place to wrap up is there anything you want to like plug while you're here anything wrap up yeah exactly um no not really what if, if someone was like oh my gosh galvanized full stack sounds like the best thing ever i'm now i want to sign up where would they go um galvanize.com okay awesome mm-hmm. thank you very much for being on i really appreciate it <laughs> you're welcome i'm glad to be here yeah. today's show was produced and edited by tom obarski if you'd like to access the show notes for this episode you can go to yeah. giantrobots.fm slash 146 thanks for listening yeah Let's grab some gems that we can install. Not the sparkly kind you can buy at the mall. We better at this than play in baseball. But now your app works with that new method call. Now we can move along and talk about our spec. I thought I had a green dots until I checked. My command line at their feet, F like rejects. It's still something I'm gonna have to perfect. Everybody in the theater writing Ruby. Everybody in the theater writing Ruby. Everybody in the theater writing C-sharp? No, I don't even know what that is. Everybody in the theater writing Ruby. Shelby and friends. Shelby and friends from school.